Well, the fun week, the most fun week potentially of the 2024 recruiting class rolls on. The good news yesterday, Zion Raggins commits to OU, waiting on Taylor Tatum on Friday. And hey, I asked you on Monday, is there any chance that we see another commit outside of those two I just mentioned? And I believe you said a coin flip chance. That was on Monday. Are we still at 50-50 on Wednesday? Are the odds a little bit higher? Are the odds a little bit lower? I mean, I'm excited about those those two skill players, but what are the chances we hear about someone else before the end of the week? Yeah, I, I I would tend to believe it does not happen this week at this point in time. We're halfway through the week, don't really have any semblance of a timetable for B.J. Brooks, and so uh, it doesn't feel like that's the type of thing that's just going to you know, we're going to know a date, and then the date is also going to be within the next 48 hours. So, yeah, I, I right now I would say Taylor Tatum is safely your next commit. Yeah, that would get you to uh, 15 commits going into the weekend, which is um, the number that I think we probably would have projected OU to be at, at at this point in July, right right around that 15 number. I believe we said 16 to 18 by the end of the month. Yeah, so, so we're, we're right on track for that. You, ta- Tatum good, and good Michael Patterson-McDonald, boom, there it is. Yeah, we're, we're in a really good spot for that. So 14 current commits, and to get the, the text line going, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Now, I don't know if any of these answers is what you'll say on signing day necessarily, but as things sit right now with the 14 current commits, I'm interested in who the text line is viewing as their current favorite commit. Are you going to go a little bit with a homer pick like me and say Xavier Robinson right up the street in Midwest (laughs) City? Uh, I mean, he is what, the lone Oklahoma commit that you have right now? I love the strength, the size, the versatility that he could offer the offense. But th- this is just kind of a, an exercise here to kind of, you know, who, who's the, the favorite commit and maybe a chance to talk about some commits that have been in the class for three, four months. And guys that we haven't really talked about because Jaden Hardy, Zion Kearney, guys we haven't really brought up since they committed. But Parker, those are like two really good players. Zion Kearney is a top 100 player. Jaden Hardy will have a chance, I think, to be a top 100 player by the time it's all said and done. So I feel like we get in this trap at times during the summer of focusing a lot on what's to come next and maybe not doing a good enough job of looking at what you already have. And I don't know if that's anyone's answers or not, but Kearney and Hardy, one's a receiver, one's a safety. Those are two really good ads that you know maybe you haven't noticed that you have in your class. If you want my answer, Zion Kearney is my favorite commit so far in the class. And... He's the guy that I think has the highest individual ceiling of any player in the class for Oklahoma. You talk about a guy that has it all, the complete package at the wide receiver position. I, I, And I'll say this much. I don't necessarily know whether I agree yet. Show me how their senior year goes. But I, I know folks, credible people, who believe Zion Kearney is better than Bryant Wesco. 6'2", so, 200 to play, man. Yeah, 6'2", 200, size, speed, ball skills. But what makes Zion Kearney special is how technically sound and how precise he is at that size. I mean, if there is a future first-round draft pick in Oklahoma's 2024 class right now, I would say it is Zion Kearney. Uh, the 24-7 composite rankings, he's the number 66 overall player nationally. So th- that just goes back to say, like, 
like recognize that like, we talk a lot of stone, a lot of Maneri, a lot of defensive prospects, D-line, but like you said, Zion Kearney got a chance to be real good. And I think all five of these receivers do. Some possess different you know, attributes than others. There's a lot of speed in this class, but Kearney kind of looks like the overall receiver type. You, you know what I mean? Six foot two, 200, how athletic he is. He kind of feels like he's a, he's a do-everything wide receiver. And maybe he'll have an instant impact. You're one of the SEC. I guess we'll see. Uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Jaden Jackson gets a vote from the 580. Hard to go against that one since he's, what, the highest-ranked defensive line commit that Todd Bates has uh, received so far at OU. Not a shocker to see that one. Uh, 785, it still has to be the Minnesota kid since he is the only one ever. So we're partial from the 785 because – not a whole lot of players come out of Minnesota for OU. Uh, Zion Kearney from the 918. Someone else wants us to say Raggins in the Scooby-Doo voice. We can definitely get to that later. So, so far, just reading a handful of these, we're kind of all over the board with who the favorite prospect is in, in this year's class. It's kind of interesting. I love a diversity of answers, and we certainly have that. Uh, another listener in the 405 says, Jaden Jackson, got to love the hog mollies, especially yeah. one on defense. Uh, Joe and Tulsa, here we go. Biggest concern now in recruiting. We look great on offense and look to get a good group of defensive line and defensive end, plus the O-line is coming. Question is, who are our other two linebacker takes plus safety and corner? Well, I'll be honest with you, Joe and Tulsa, and we've talked about this. I'm not convinced Oklahoma takes another linebacker. If well, they get Braden Platt, if it's yeah, correct, yes, th- yeah, then yeah, that's yeah. linebacker number two. If not, I have it on good authority that Oklahoma is perfectly content to just – Ride this cycle out with James Nesta as their only pledge yeah, at that But position. even with that, they want Braden Platts. You, you yes. want that top 100 player. Without question. You really want that top now, 100 Now, safety player. and corner, you have Jaden Hardy committed at safety. You have Jeremiah Newcomb committed at corner. I'm inclined to believe Eli Bowen and Devin Jordan are your other two corners in this class. And as far as the other safety, the easy answer is Michael Boganowski. If he decides to stay home and play for K-State, which – I mean, let's let's call it like it is. That's on the table. Then I think there's a little bit of a natural question as to who Oklahoma loops back around with. Uh, Jalen uh, uh, Hayward, the number five safety in the nation, decommitted from Georgia yesterday. Kind of feels like Miami yep. is going to be the spot there. But uh, that I, just goes to show you there are probably going to be blue-chip safeties in play here down the stretch that Oklahoma is going to be able to make a run out. Maybe not a guy as highly ranked as Jalen Hayward, but I think safety is one of those positions where you always have a multiplicity of fallback options if one of your key targets doesn't end up committing to your school. Georgia's had a couple of decommits in the past month, haven't they? And you, you, you kind of have to remember that, yeah, that still happens in recruiting. Well, Two-time national champs, number and, one class. And what I will happens. tell you is that that's by design. <laughs> it, it probably because is. Georgia also has the number one safety in the class committed and the number four safety in the class committed. So somehow the number five safety in the class for Georgia is dead weight. Uh, Kyle from Shawnee. Man, I love Zion Raggins. He reminds me of Hollywood Brown. Sooner Shane says Michael Hawkins is my favorite recruit so far. I think he is very underrated. Ohio Sooner says nobody said Isaiah Autry. That dude is a mauler. Uh, uh, from the 405, Xavier Robinson, hashtag C-A-D-N-A. So I think that we're going to mention 
every single commits in, in terms of who's the uh, fan base's favorite so far for the 2024 class. I'm also very interested in who on signing day is going to be the favorite signee in the 2024 class. I don't know if that individual is a part of this recruiting class yet. Who was it last year? It would be JFA or PJ, right? Or, or probably Peyton Bowen. Yeah, yeah. I but Peyton Bowen really he he put us through a lot. Um, it's yeah. worth it. Totally worth it. I feel like JFA and PJ Atabare probably would have been the two favorites. Yeah. Who in a perfect world of like everyone who we think that they're going to get, who would be the favorite? Uh, Winery or Stone? Who would be the favorite? Uh, overall recruit in this year's class the answer would probably be stone do you want to know my answer who's your answer it's not in one area and it's not stone michael boganowski not michael boganowski either grant bricks mm, yeah you like they what get, he's all about huh? they get grant bricks i'm telling y'all now bill Bo gets his hands on that kid and he is a first round draft pick four years from now. It, 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 it's funny you bring up Grant Bricks because I had this written down today. We might revisit it later. It was like, which schools have we seen OU really compete for the most in this year's recruiting class? Not past five years or past three years. Like this year, what is the school we keep seeing OU you know, compete for? Obviously, Texas is there. You're seeing A&M a bit. Definitely some Alabama and Georgia battles, right? But in terms of in the conference outside Texas, um, Kansas State maybe more than anyone else in the league, unless you can think of another team. Like I'm thinking of Boganowski and I'm thinking of Bricks here, but Kansas State, we've been talking about OU and Kansas State maybe having one-on-one battles for some prospects more than an Oklahoma State or a TCU or anyone like that. Well, and Kansas State got the better of Oklahoma in the Caden Massey recruitment. Uh, they were a big player for Wyatt Gilmore, too. Yeah, quite surprisingly, there have been a lot of OUK State battles. Right, and that hasn't been really the case that much in the past, right? Uh, Cole and KC says, Winery, love to see KC kids getting some love. 918 says, Devon Mitchell, my favorite so far. Uh, it's a position that we really need a playmaker. 580, by far on signing day was Peyton Bowen. So much anticipation and drama, and thank gosh that we got him. Yeah, well, well uh, we're all over the board right now. We'll have to figure it out on signing day, I guess, who the uh, favorite signee is. But, yeah, you get David Stone because I, I was about to say, because if you get David Stone and he helps you land other prospects, then he'll really have a chance to become the favorite. But he's kind of already doing that. And, dude, like, before we get to August, there's a chance that all of his buddies might already be committed in this class, right? Yep. Remember how much we used to talk about, dude, my, getting Michael Patterson McDonald, like he's a good player out of Westmore, but getting him would really help out with David Stone. All, all right, well, July 31st at 530 is when he's going to announce. You already got uh, Jaden Jackson in the class, so everything that we talked about four and five months ago of what you were going to need to do around David Stone to really help your chances, OU has done that up to this point, right? I mean, they've done it. Yeah, and... Uh, Look, when does David Stone announce? I don't know. But if you've paid attention to the social media activity and how stoked he was about the Jaden Jackson pledge, how much he tried to dissuade Jaden Jackson from going to Texas, you know how tight he is with Michael Patterson-McDonald. Everything kind of points in OU's direction here. And you can say much the same for Williams and Winnery. There's a 405 listener that said, couldn't catch the show yesterday. What is Parker's update and takeaway on the Winnery situation? He is visiting Oregon on July 29th. 
Ooh. So, okay. yes, I hadn't yet mentioned that at the time yesterday. Uh, I was still processing a bunch of information that I'd collected. But, yes, he is visiting Oregon on July 29th. That is in lieu of the September 23rd official visit. And in talking to a source very close to that Nguyenary recruitment, what I was told is that, yes, a decision can still be tentatively expected on August 1st, and that Oregon visit is really nothing more than checking a box. And I don't know if I mentioned this as well, but I'll say this right now. Wrote it on OU Insider yesterday, too. George is not in the top two for williams Winery right now. Ooh, huh? Drink find his way in the top two or what? It's, huh? o- it's OU Missouri right now, Interesting. Tyler. Interesting. It's about OU Missouri. How about drink? Okay, um, I'm not going to try and alarm everyone on that Oregon visit, like, what, two days before the expected announcement. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not alarmed by it. I'm not trying to get anyone else alarmed by it, but it's what what's Georgia going to try to do? Like Georgia knows it's two days before. Maybe he's just checking a box. Um, what are they going to throw his way two days before to try to really sway his? Opinion, I, I don't know, you know what Georgia can throw this. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in Oregon. Sorry. I, yeah. I, I didn't mean. I'm in Oregon. I mean, look, Oregon's going to do their thing, and. They, they know how to put on a visit. They obviously have a lot of disposable income for a kid like that. But what I know for a fact, indisputably, is that Oklahoma has a very, very competitive NIL offer for Williams Nguyenary. Don't doubt that. And, and, like, you can look at this one of two ways. right? You can look at that Oregon visit and the timetable one of two ways. You can either be worried that Oregon's going to bag him at the last second and this was all about the money all along and Oregon's going to make the biggest offer so they're going to get the kid. Or you can understand that OU has a no-visit policy once a recruit is committed, can understand that that commitment more than likely is coming on August 1st. And so you would rather, if, if you're looking at this from a glass-half-full perspective, You would rather have the kid have already taken a visit to Oregon before committing than commit on August 1st, let's say to Oklahoma, and yet you still have to worry about the potential of a September 23rd official. Yeah. Yeah. I I have no issue with that. To me, and I know it seems kind of counterintuitive at face value, but to me the timeline almost suggests that you ought to feel more confident. As an OU fan. Oh, no, I do feel confident. It's just I've got a little organ PTSD as well. I, You know, like everyone else. Oh, God, what are they going to throw his way? Sounds like it's probably not going to matter all that much, but we uh, we know what they're up to in Eugene. As someone on the text line just said it came out sooner, Oregon will try to throw the duck bucks at him. Yeah, probably so. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. You guys are killing it already. Let's keep it coming. And uh, how many of the top five overall prospects in state will OU get in 2024 we'll run that down as well coming up next keep it locked in the ref locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref we are the home of Sooner fans ref army listening all over the nation today via the free KREF app Clinton Indiana is tuned in Athens Georgia Greenwood Mississippi Baton Rouge Louisiana Crockett, Texas, Lawrence, Kansas, Middle River, uh, Middle River, Maryland. And since they're getting a $2 billion amusement park, apparently, we'll go Venita, Oklahoma with the uh, small Oklahoma town of the day. How about that? You get with Venita? I'm great with it. Yeah, Venita's I, about to not be a small town, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, but. I was about to say, my biggest question is, why Venita of all places? 
Uh, it's like Vanita and Grand Lake. How close is Vanita to Grand Lake? I, I don't know, but I thought I saw so, Vanita Grand Lake area for that amusement park. So water access, I suppose, mm-hmm. perhaps. Maybe that's the Bill Beanbow going to take some uh, recruits up there yeah, to the no joke. amusement park, you know? They should they should name one section of the park after Beanbow. Maybe. Yes, they should. Maybe Grant uh, Bricks really likes amusement parks, and that will be the difference in his recruitment, and it'll sway OU's way. Huh? Maybe he'll cite the incoming amusement park as the reason why he picked OU over Kansas State and others. Uh, we can only hope, right? Ref Army he doesn't really seem like an amusement park type of guy, but we can hope, right? We can hope. Ref Army Locator brought to you by K&N Furniture Consignment with locations in OKC and in Norman on Main Street. Much more than furniture consignment, K&N is a full design center and will beat any local competitor's price on fabrics. Let's get to the text line here uh, quickly. Uh, please clarify so I don't say his name wrong when he gets on campus. Is it pronounced Waneri or... Nwaneri. That's from Blake and Well, Tulsa. okay, it's not really either, and I've tried to explain this before, but you got to kind of like roll the N into the W where you're not just saying Waneri as if the N isn't there, but it's like a like you form the N in your mouth, but don't completely pronounce it. Nwaneri. 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 Or just say Williams. Sure. Or Will. Yeah. Or whatever Big nickname. Big Willie. Whatever nickname he gets uh, before. I, Josiah Wagner already got a nickname, and he hasn't even played it down here yet. Pitbull. So maybe that'll happen for him. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Uh, Sooner Gundy says, but why take the visit a day or two before committing to OU? Talking about old Williams. So you can say you did. So you can tell Oregon, you know what? I gave you a chance. Don't keep calling me. Essentially, so he can leave them on red after after he commits to OU. Yeah, that's on ac- August that's actually 1st. exactly how it was phrased to me by. Does uh, a direct quote so I can leave Oregon on red? Finally, well, no, no. will leave me alone I, again. I talked to one of the sources that I have that is the closest to the Nuenary recruitment yesterday, and he said, "Yeah, look, at the end of the day, he's taking that visit so he can say he gave him a chance." Uh, by the way, yes, Vanita is like twenty minutes from Grand Lake, so there you go. Uh, okay, let me get to a couple more. Any update on Dominic McKinley? Is he pushing up his commitment? That's from the 813. Five-star defensive lineman out of Louisiana. Maybe I mentioned Baton Rouge and that uh, sparked a thought for someone. But is um, is there any update on Dom McKinley? Is he pushing up his commitment? He is very quiet. I can tell you that much. He's not so, Eli Bowen quiet, but it's a pretty quiet on the on the uh, yeah. recruiting if front he's, right now. If he's him. pushing up his commitment, I know that's kind of been rumored. That's kind of been thrown out there. Again, if he is pushing up his commitment date, if it ever becomes apparent that that is the case, you become very confident as an OU football fan that the Sooners are in line to get his pledge because the longer this thing drags out, the longer LSU has to dig out of the hole that they created in this recruitment. But if it's not LSU, it's going to be Oklahoma, and it's going to be Todd Bates. And so if that date gets moved up, it's probably Oklahoma. 405, OU have any chance at Peyton Pierce, or has that ship sailed? Yeah, that uh, that feels like that ship is pretty safely out of the harbor. You know what uh, other ship has sailed as well? Uh, I, I randomly thought of Zadavian Sims today. I was oh like, boy. oh gosh, oh, that's, a, that's not a fun memory. I think it's two months tomorrow is when he committed to Oregon, and we had that, uh, you know, not, not, a, not a fun show. But, but at the time, it was, yeah, I don't think that OU is going to get back in on this one, but 
like revisit ask again in a couple of months well it's a couple of months and i don't really hear anything on zadavian sims whatsoever <laughs> zadavian sims silhouette was not in the power line edit i can tell <laughs> yeah, you that yeah, much that's, and that's and that's really all that you need to know yeah it really is uh okay i've got the top five players in the state according to rivals okay let's see how many we think ou is going to get because you got xavier robinson right now the lone in-state kid committed for 24 just mentions that Avian Sims, he's listed as, as the top player in the state. He's off to Oregon. Forget about that one. Danny Okoye is at number two, and there's a real shot with this one. Coin flip right now, 50-50, I think he comes to OU. So, yeah, you got a decent chance there. Michael Patterson-McDonald is ranked as the third best player in the state, four-star safety out of Westmore. He's announcing July 31st at 5.30 at Westmore. It's OU, it's Mizzou, it's Houston, it's UNLV. And You're if, throwing the thumbs up, and I'll throw two thumbs up. How yeah, about if, that? If it's OU, it's Missouri, it's Houston, and it's UNLV, who is it, Tyler? Uh, well, it's just like the edit that I saw two days ago from um, uh, what, what's uh, Josh Iasosa. You know, I saw the edit, and I saw the teams, and it was, boy, this really feels like OU. And it sounds like it is going to be OU for Josh Iasosa. And I expect it to be OU for Michael Patterson McDonald as well. What about the four-star corner out of uh, Tulsa Union, Devin Jordan? Feel decent about that one. Don't feel like it's a slam dunk at this point, but kind of the same as Okoye, right? You, you feel good about where you stand, but not overly optimistic to where you're penciling him into the class. If not OU, who for Jordan? TCU or Alabama. And then you got Xavier Robinson already committed, who's at five, so... Coin flip for Okoye, maybe a little bit similar there for Jordan. So there's, there is definitely a world where you sign for the top five players in state, and and maybe I'm wrong about this. It feels like it's been a while since you've signed for the top five players in states. Maybe it's more recent than I. Maybe maybe it happened two or three years ago. I don't know. It might have been the. It might have happened in the 2022 cycle. I got to look back at those rankings, but what I know is that two of the Two of the top prospects in the cycle that year were Gentry Williams and Robert Spears Jennings. Obviously, Oklahoma got both of those guys. Oh, no, you know what? It was close. They got three of the top five because Talon Shetron went to Oklahoma State and Chris McClellan went to Florida. Mm. So, yeah, this could be the first time in uh, at least a few years, maybe even longer, four out of the top five players in state. And those rankings are going to change, I'm sure. And those are just rivals' rankings. It's yeah. probably different on 24-7 on three, whatever you want to look at. But it does feel like, especially if you get a Koye, man, if you end up getting a Koye, the, I feel like the thought of the narrative is going to be, whoo, yeah, they did a really nice job in state. And I would agree with that. If it goes from Danny Okoye not really wanting to give you the time of the day to he ends up being a part of this class, yeah, you'll you'll have done a really nice job in state for sure. So that's uh that that definitely looks promising. Uh, okay, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. 405 says, would you rather have Anthony Evans or Zion Raggins? I feel like you could go either way. I would lean towards Raggins just because he has more of a resume at the high school level than Anthony Evans did. Anthony Evans didn't really start to contribute meaningfully on varsity till his junior year. Zion Raggins has been doing his thing since he was a freshman at Jones County High School. So the track times are similar. Uh, the breakaway ability is similar. Evans is a little taller. I actually think Raggins is a little longer. So it's they're comparable players. 
I would go Raggins slightly over Evans. Uh, we are back to Caden Durham starting to feel like LSU on the text line. That's no, from a guy that promised Air Jordans to Tyler and Parker if Sammy Brown doesn't sign with Clemson or Georgia. Hey, um, can we change that to guy that promised Air Jordans to Tyler and Parker if Caden Durham signs with uh, signs with OU? Yeah, you want to put Air Jordans on the line? Can we can we that do that, one? please? I mean, I'm totally down for that. Awaiting your response, but. No, I, I still like Oklahoma for Caden Durham. We talked about this yesterday. I uh, Until it is entirely unambiguously apparent that Caden Durham's going to commit to LSU, I still will ride with Oklahoma. Now, I, I can already read the follow-up text from that statement right there. Well, well you guys think that Taylor Tatum, number one running back, is going to commit on Friday. How does that affect the recruitment of Caden Durham? Is that going to be an overall negative? I think Caden Durham probably knows, like the rest of us, that Tatum has been trending OU's way for a while. And if he's paying attention, I'm sure that he knows. Taylor Tatum is probably going to pick OU on Friday at 11 a.m. Yep. And if the thought is still that OU is the leader there and LSU really hasn't gained uh, all the momentum in this recruitment, all all that to say it, it feels like Durham knows what Tatum's going to do and it doesn't feel like that's going to affect his decision between OU and LSU, what Taylor Tatum does on Friday. I mean, right? Feels like he's known all along OU's going to take two backs, those and two, two of them are going to be really good. Well, and consider that those two were on their official visits during the same weekend. It was the Champion Barbecue weekend that both those guys were in town. So, DeMarco Murray had the opportunity to meet with both of those guys individually, and he had the chance to sit in the meeting room with both of those guys together. So, they understand. DeMarco understands, and they understand what the deal is. I tell you, though, it is wild to think about if Oklahoma gets Taylor Tatum and Caden Durham, just to envision that Oklahoma running back room next fall, somebody is going to have to be the seventh string running back. <laughs> it's going to look like, like the uh, Switzer days back in the 80s. Barnes, Sawchuck, Smothers, Caleb Hicks, string. Taylor Tatum, Caden Durham, Xavier Robinson. Marcus Major still has another year. Which, I mean, he, he probably doesn't have another year at the University of Oklahoma at this Ooh. point. If, unless, he does I, something this year, like, unless he does something this year. Do you carry scholarship running backs? No. Especially if Marcus Major doesn't do a whole lot this year. Are you going to honor his scholarship through the 2024 season? Or are you going to have an honest it, conversation with that if, guy and say, hey, you need to go play at If Barnes and Sawchuck have the year we think, they'll be your one, two going into the SEC as well. There, there will be some processing done by some running backs currently on the roster is what you're saying. And I agree with that. Yeah. Because you have some real talent coming in in recruiting is what you have right now. So, yeah, you're not going to keep eight scholarship running backs. At least I wouldn't think. I know the SEC is a little bit more physical of a league, but is it so physical you need eight scholarship running backs? Could be some processing done at that position. Uh, Frisco Sooner, one more. I still think the Peyton Pierce recruitment has a lot to do with how OU season and defense performs this year. You don't have that many family connections not to take a second look at the Sooners, just my opinion. Yeah, well, that's true. There are a lot of folks in Peyton Pierce's family that want to see him wear the Crimson Cream. But at the end of the day, it's Peyton's call, it's Peyton's decision, and he really likes Ohio State. So it, is it a possibility? Yes. Is it something worth talking about until something starts to tangibly change or the sands start to shift? No, not really. So Caden Durham really has 405 tattooed on his leg. Um, that's, that's, one yeah. heck of, that's one heck of a commitment, man. It's one. It's like um, I'm trying to. Fig- I'm trying to remember who it was. 
he was like the number one linebacker six, seven years ago. It wasn't Reuben Foster, was it? Maybe someone else. He had an Auburn tattoo tattooed on his body, and he got that, I think, while he was committed to Auburn, and then he flips to Alabama, and, yeah, I guess ended up being a good player for Bama but had an Auburn tattoo on his body. So, say, I I, I hope he's at OU, too. I, I really do. But the 405 tattoo, I don't know when he got it, but that's a commitment right there. 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, who's quiet on the recruiting trail right now? They got an offer to OU. Maybe they're even leaning towards OU, but they're so quiet. We don't talk about them enough. We'll uh, we'll sift through those names coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on The Ref, we are the home of Sooner fans. We won't get to hear from Deion Sanders at Pac-12 Media Day on Friday. That's because he's not going to be there. He is having surgery on Thursday so Colorado's defensive coordinator, Charles Kelly, will go in his place. So I guess we won't get to hear the official rebuttal from uh, Dion on the whole um, Brent Vittable situation that has uh, really been blown way out of proportion, in my opinion. And it was pretty uh, sad what happened on PTI yesterday. Pretty ridiculous, if you ask me. But I uh, know it was <laughs> unambiguously, indisputably ridiculous. I, I still, but I can't believe how big of a story this is. We've had some phenomenal ratios on Clarence Hill today on Twitter, though. Truly legendary stuff on the interwebs. It's been fantastic, that's for sure. I just, I, I, I remember thinking, what, six days ago when it happened? Oh, okay, yeah, that was interesting. But it was just that, like, I, I didn't think that it would be featured all over ESPN and Sports Center. I, whatever, I... I think we're past that by now, or at least I hope. Um, by the way, SEC Media Day, didn't realize that Jay Bulware is uh, at Kentucky yes. with Mark Stoops. Did not realize that. Yes, yeah, and he uh, he got Tavani Mizell committed. Yes, he did. Nice job, Jay Bulware. How about that, huh? Uh, okay, I mentioned some uh, quiet-on-the-trail recruits right now. I don't know if anyone's quieter than Eli Bowen, um, three-star according to 24-7. you know him. He's the little brother of Peyton Bowen. Got an OU offer, got a Texas offer, got an A&M offer. What's going on with Eli Bowen and the three schools that I mentioned there? Are those the three main schools in the uh, Eli Bowen recruitments? It's, oh, it's mainly an OU-Texas battle right now, but I feel as though that battle is being somewhat oversold. It's it's very difficult for me to believe that Eli Bowen commits anywhere but Oklahoma in the end, for very obvious reasons. All right, like what did we say for the entire calendar year 2022 about the two Bowen brothers? Well, shoot, Eli might come to Oklahoma regardless of what Peyton does, but Peyton's going to be the tougher pull amongst the two. Well, he got Peyton. Now Eli does have his brother to play alongside at a university that he very much enjoys. Two and two equal four here, Tyler. I don't feel the need to try and... Especially when Texas is the school that you're competing with, the biggest rival. I mean, I, I guess that doesn't always have to be a factor, but it kind of feels like it would here. Yeah, look, I'm not, I'm not going to try to create a story where there isn't one, and I don't think there is a story here. I think the story is that Eli Bowen can safely be penciled into Oklahoma's class. Nigel Smith is someone who, um, I mean, quiet on the recruiting trail, sounds like he's just a quiet individual in general. We uh, Rivals put up something about him uh, a couple of days ago, basically saying that OU still leads right now. Here's when the decision is is going to take place. 
that one, again, has felt like OU for, what, two years now? And there's been nothing here recently that would lead you to believe that OU's not the leader right now. But it's it's always seemingly always been quiet on Nigel Smith's recruitment. Yeah, I mean, there was a time he was a lot more outgoing about the process and doing a lot of interviews and putting a lot of stuff out there on social media. But in the aftermath of his OVs, it has gotten a lot quieter and it's slowed down. I... I am of the opinion that there is nothing to fret about here if you're an Oklahoma fan. He commits on September 8th. I expect that decision to go OU's way. Uh, Todd and Midland on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to get Caden Durham. But if not, I feel excellent with what's in the running back room already. Trading him for another stud D-line corner or backer would be okay with me because you know DeMarco will get a couple more studs in the following year. Uh, I mean, I, that's actually a fair point. It's, again, if Barnes and Sawchuck are your 1-2 this year, you'll have both of those guys heading into your first year in the SEC, and you'll essentially get the number one running back in this class. I think DeMarco wants both, the staff wants both, but if for some reason you don't, you got the number one running back and you can't complain about that. And well, and exactly, and we talked earlier about how much depth Oklahoma presumably has at running back heading into the 2024 season, i.e. what you're going to have next spring slash summer at that position. Heck, Xavier Robinson is your seventh string running back coming in. So it, in a sense, that makes you a lot – I how do I how do I even phrase this? As a fan – you're almost okay with whatever the outcome of the Caden Durham recruitment is. Because if you get him, great. Hey, that's a guy that's a home run hitter out of the backfield, and you can feel excited about what he's going to bring to the committee down the line. But if you don't get him, guess what? You got five other blue chip backs on the roster right now and another one coming. Yeah, uh, for the 405, here, th- this is good info. Uh, I was looking for it earlier. In 2017, OU got all five of the top five players in the state with Justin Broyles, Levi Draper, Trey Brown, Isaiah Thomas, and Creed Humphrey. Who would have been, was it Broyles or Draper that was the highest ranked of the five? It was Justin Broyles. The Sooners' top two pledges that year per the composite in the recruiting rankings were Justin Broyles and, you want to take a guess? Uh, in 2017, I just just give just throw it my way. Justin Broyles and Robert Barnes. Oh, wow. Dude, I remember all the excitement for Levi Draper once he signed out of Collinsville, I think is where was he was from, right? Yep. Oh, this guy, like, he's going to be a beast. He's going to be next. Like, you watch. And he had injuries when he was here. It never really worked out. He went to Arkansas, and I think he got hurt there. But, dude, Levi Draper, there was some buzz about him with that 2017 class. Just didn't work out. No. Definitely one of those guys that I maybe not as much so as – of Rodney Anderson, but you do kind of wonder what he might have been at Oklahoma if not for those injuries. Because he ended up just quitting football. Yeah. He got to Arkansas and had another shoulder injury, and he was done. Glenn from Nashville says, Gentlemen, I know we're about five months away from early signing day, but every signing day there seems to be a, where did that guy come from, signee? Anybody that you can think of out there that might be a signing day Surprise. Well, I guess elaborate a little bit more for me. What do you mean by a where did he come from? Like, oh, this guy shot up the rankings since Oklahoma got him committed, or oh, we did not have we did not count on having this guy in our signing class. 
I'm guessing Glenn means the the latter of the two there is, okay. is what I would guess. So Glenn, like if I'm Taylor wrong, Heim this last year, for sure. instance. Like nobody knew who Taylor Heim was unless you're an OK Preps diehard. But if you're not in or around Bethany, Oklahoma, odds are you didn't know who Taylor Heim was until a week before National Signing Day last year. So uh, that's a good question. I'm looking at like I, uh, in-state players as maybe who that kid could be. Not like a top five player, but someone who's in that – Six to ten. Man, and to if look. I, I tell you what, if I'd have had my way in the 2022 class, that guy would have been Jake Clifton, the linebacker out of Owasso, who's probably going to start this year for Kansas State. I know Venables and the OU staff got in touch with him right before early signing day, and if they'd offered him, he would have flipped, but he ended up at Kansas State. And uh, yeah, I, 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 from everything I've heard from up that way, he's on track to start this fall. You, you've kind of had that already. I mean, you knew who Jaden Jackson was, but Jaden Jackson, what happened in the 48-hour time span was seemingly like, whoa, okay, I didn't think that we were going to get this guy. Didn't happen on signing day, Glenn, but it did happen in the in the month of July, which was uh, which was nice. Let me, I'll, okay, I'll throw, I'll play. I'll throw a name out there. Wesley Harvey. Muskogee, Oklahoma, three-star offensive lineman who's got some pretty good offers thus far. I know TCU has offered. Um, I believe he's got an Oklahoma State offer, if I'm not mistaken. But he's a guy that started to turn some heads on the camp circuit this year. Uh, from everything I've heard, the the grades need to get a little bit better this fall for some more schools to feel really solid about offering the kid. But uh, six foot eight, two hundred seventy five pounds. So, talk size. He's got it. Someone else says Andy Bass, who uh, a month ago was uh, all the talk on this show after he lit it up at OU camp from Heritage Hall. But he he got did he yeah he got an OU offer at that camp, correct? Yeah, it's yeah, a, it's did. a Chapman McCown type of offer. But yeah, if he ends up P- in the, PWO, sure. if he ends up in the class, yeah. I don't think it would surprise anybody at this point. All right, well, one final segment of Locked In coming up next, 405-651-3439. More OU Cruton next right here on The Ref. Final segment, Locked In with McComas and Thune live on The Ref. Uh, a couple quick crystal ball updates. T.A. Cunningham does have a Penn State crystal ball. OU's in the final five, but... When uh, he picks Penn State, don't get upset, OU fans, thinking that you missed out or lost on that OU one. and T.A. Cunningham haven't been a thing in like a year. Yeah, so uh, don't get upset about that. Terry Bussey still being crystal ball to Texas A&M, so looks like that one's going to go the uh, the Aggies' way. We were mentioning the, uh, the running back depth, R- regardless if you get Caden Durham or not, but if you were to just get – if you were to get Taylor Tatum and Caden Durham – what the running back situation would look like your first year in the SEC. I was thinking earlier today with the addition of Raggins yesterday about how many speed guys you're going to have at wide receiver your first year in the SEC. So obviously you'll have Raggins if he ends up signing, right? Uh, K.J. Daniels, if he ends up signing, he's a speed guy. You'll have Brennan Thompson, definitely a speed guy. Andrew Anthony, definitely more of a speed guy. Gavin Freeman thought of as more of a speed guy. And and you will have size there at wide receiver, but you're going to have a handful of guys, Parker. At least, I probably forgot a couple names, at least a handful that you look at and say, yeah, their best attribute is, is their speed. You could legit have a very competitive, a very nationally competitive 
four by one relay team right now. They should now. do that. Strictly comprised of OU football players. Because Ra- race all these SEC teams before the game. Let's go, guys. Let's just think about this. Jaden Rowe can run a 10-2-7, I believe, is his lowest time. Gentry, I want to say, ran a 10-2-4. Brennan Thompson has run a 10-1-8. And Gavin Sawchuk. I mean, it's between Brennan Thompson and Gavin Sawchuk for the title of fastest player on Oklahoma's roster. So, oh boy. Yeah, both sides of the ball right now. You have speed on speed on speed, and there's more coming. Yeah, um, maybe one of the faster skill groups that OU, and I know OU's had some fast skill groups previously, but just the the number of you know track athletes that they have at the skill positions and and defensively as well, maybe compared to some past years, is um, I don't know, man. It's it's pretty telling. It's pretty telling when when you uh, when you take a look at it. EJ from Louisiana says, "Any news on Rowe, uh, Jaden Rowe, for the summer?" Not from my end. No, I. You know, we were doing a preview, a depth chart preview over on OUinsider.com earlier today, and one of the things I talked about was. Man, Jaden Rowe is somebody that probably doesn't get talked about enough, maybe because he was hurt last year, but he's going to have a fit in this defense eventually with that combination of size and speed. I just wonder where that is. Justin Inquita says, Jaquay's Petaway pretty fast too, right? Yes, he is. Yes, Jaquay's Petaway very fast. Ohio Center didn't Canick run a 10-3 or something like yes, that. Yes, Jaron Canick also ran a 10-3. I'm telling so. you, just, yeah, race, yeah. just race these teams, man. Just do it before, you know? Yeah, yeah, you, you'll go undefeated in the SEC year one, most likely if you do. Uh, if you do that, all right. The rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.